The following is a presentation of ComedyVoices.com. Hey, everybody. Chris and Joey here. Say hi to the Samsonites and nobodies, Joey. Hi, everybody. We've got a good show lined up for you today. we got some updates, some interesting clips, some emails, some shout-outs. The whole nine. I think it's going to be a good one. Stay tuned. Yeah. You need something to get you through the workday? Well, good. Because we've got a place for that. Check out ComedyVoices.com for the comedy podcasts that'll turn your daily grind into a marathon of laughs. Stand Up Labs and UCB Comedy lead the way. With an array of shows that'll fill all your comedy needs. It's ComedyVoices.com, powered by digital media. Coming to you from the top of the Stand Up New York Comedy Club, this is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by ComedyVoices.com. Find your voice. This is the mandatory Samson podcast coming to you live from Stand Up New York Labs in New York City. Hi, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Christopher Flannery. I'm joined, as always, by Joseph Anthony Noe III. Hi, guys. Uh, we're also being produced by Shelby. How's it going over there, sweet Shelby? Hey. Oh, wow. I didn't expect that, but I really appreciated it. Welcome to the program, everyone. This week, we have some emails, nice. some shout-outs, some updates, and some interesting clips. Specifically, we're going to get into the president's gun control speech. A little bit of controversy there. Uh-oh. Are people couching his performance? Good? No good? We'll talk about it. The Oregon militia situation, which is... Interesting. Interesting. I have some thoughts about that. Might be surprising about it. Uh, We got updates on Laquan McDonald, Sandra Bland, and Walter Scott. And I'm not going to say this in like a glib way. I'm not trying to like minimize the tragedies that took place there. I actually had it as like black murder roundup because it's like every week we just had it's compiling, compiling. And we got three updates here about three uh, tragic deaths of, of black people in this in this country. Yes. So we're going to get some updates about that. Uh, plus, we got a little 2016 presidential campaign update at the top of the show. I want to talk about the Saudi Arabia-Iran conflict this week. You know anything about this, Joey? I do. And can I say something? This is not how you start off the new year. Well, it, guess what? On planet Earth... 2016 <laughs> that's how we're doing it uh and we're going to talk a little bit about north korea's h-bomb hydrogen bomb i have it in parent in quotes because it's a little bit of an exaggerated story but we can get into that in a little bit i want to give out some shout outs oh you have a fuck up of the week yes i do also you're, you're excited about yeah i am very excited for this one all right i feel did we say that before we started recording now i feel like i just repeated myself a couple of times no you have not repeated okay yourself we yet. have all right so that was literally four minutes ago got some shout outs we got some emails that we're going to get into you also had a little bit of a complaint before we started the program is that right yeah i do i actually have a major complaint okay where's my soundboard yeah well uh, fair good question i did i told you i created some new sounds i have maybe some carly fiorina a little marco rubio extra stuff i don't believe you well it's the truth i i certainly do have it um you're right. I've been a little lazy setting it up lately. It's just been really busy, Joey, around the studio, and you know that. No excuses, 2016. 
Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, you know what? Hold on. You don't believe me? Well, I feel like I could probably prove you wrong there. Oh, my God. We're going to get some samples? Let let me say. Hold on. Yeah. I think he's a a man with a worldview that doesn't fit reality. I think he's a a man with a worldview that doesn't fit reality. You're just going to loop that all day, bro? The innovation, the innovation, the innovation, the innovation, the innovation, (laughs) innovation, not regulation. Okay, so yes. that's the re- that's true. I have the sounds. I just didn't set up the soundboard, so don't do you okay. apologize. I apologize. Um, you're right. I appreciate you bringing it to my attention. I don't think I'll try to. You know, we'll try to set it up next week because I think it might be a nice thing. Is that a promise? It's not a promise, but I will try my hardest. Depending on what the studio situation is, Joey, it's very busy around here. Okay. Uh, all right. Couple of shout outs. Big country on Snapchat. He uh, he was talking about the Brian and Senya. Uh, perjury charge which is what i was alluding to in oh, the sandra yes. blant story which we are going to get into later um so yeah we're going to get to that and then he also says you need to probably step up your snapchat game a little bit yeah i don't know how to play snapchat uh, i have to work on that all right well he's suggesting that maybe before pre-show or like earlier in the day you do a rap or something or maybe while we're like setting up a little bit do a little snap let everybody know put it in your snapchat story how's that sound sounds like something i'm gonna look uh 2016 snapchat you that's what wow. I'm saying so, you're, so what you're doing is you're trying I'm, to, I'm do gonna try to learn Snapchat for 2016. All right. So you got the whole year. Well, you're trying to do a lot of, I noticed, hashtags today. You're trying to get some stuff trending on Twitter. Uh, I guess. I didn't even realize I was doing it. <laughs> you did it a minute ago. Uh, okay. Also, Snapchat shout out to TS, the drummer. He says that my dad had uh, his facts right about Colbert's ratings, which we mentioned last week. And, oh, yeah. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Although I don't like you saying that my dad was right. All right. Oh, I also want to give an email shout out. I got an email from Daniel. Remember last week uh, or the week before, whatever. He's from England. He sent the email about encryption. Oh, yes, yes. He sent another one, which was really cool because he was like explaining a different type of encryption and he encrypted a note to me. Send that me no to one a, else would ever know. Yeah, sent me to a website with like an encryption key and shit like that. And then I, 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 you know, unencrypted that information. It was pretty cool. That's like secret agent shit. It, very cool. I'm terrified of Daniel now. I don't, I, I'm <laughs> very worried that he's just reading all my emails and stuff, but uh, it's really cool, especially because encryption is something that we're, we're talking about a lot. We bring it up, you know, with Snowden and kind yes. of, uh, you know, cyber attacks and national security conversations. But until you actually like see it and you see how it works, it maybe doesn't really hit home for you. But Daniel, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And as always, please, you know, feel free to write back and, you know, let me know what you think about stuff, especially when we're talking about encryption. All right. Got two emails real quick. Logan says, hey, Chris and Joey, I just wanted to say that I'm a huge fan of the podcast ever since I came over from the TFM podcast. Well, thanks, buddy. I really appreciate that. I love when people come over from other shows. It's nice. That's very nice. Uh, You and Joey's, your and Joey's insights into current issues are really fun and interesting. And in some instances, you guys bring to my attention things I didn't even know were going on, like the methane spill in California. Well, great. That's what we're trying to do, uh, at least for part of the time, you know. Uh, like uh, most of the time i would say most of the time i mean we're trying to have fun too but you know yeah we like to uh let the samsonites know know what's going on anyway i was listening to last week's podcast about tamir rice and i think i have the answer to why these police officers are never indicted past the grand jury stage great one of the things we learn in law school are the machinations of the criminal justice system the fact is that these officers and prosecuting attorneys in the da's office are basically co-workers which is the case now i answered him and i told him I'm not sure whether we've brought that up on the show before, but he's absolutely right. And I completely agree with him. So I figured I'll just read his email because it, yeah. you know, it makes a lot of sense. 
in many cases, they share office space and they rely on each other in, uh, in order for day-to-day investigations to operate smoothly. So when an officer is brought before a grand jury, it is perversely in the best interest of the DA's office to per- pursue charges lightly so that their working relationship with the police stays intact. It is extremely rare for grand juries to return verdicts in which no charges can be brought. The standard is that charges are okay if reasonable persons can disagree on the facts, which in some of these cases they clearly can. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. we've gone you know, into that stuff at length. The best way to avoid this bias between uh, police and their DA's office is to as- appoint special prosecutors from other districts. That way, there is no incentive to half-ass the investigation into the police's behavior. Anyway, sorry for the long-winded email. Love the podcast, and I'm proud to consider myself a Samsonite slash a nobody. Well, thank you. Very good email. Your Tennessee listener, Logan. Uh, first of all, not long-winded. That was I thought that was very no. well written. You, you gave us the information. And uh, you know what? I don't like your little sign-off there. Your Tennessee listener. I doubt it. I bet the volunteer state rides hard with the mandatory Samson podcast. So I, I don't want to hear any of that. Uh, no, thank you for the email, Logan. We really appreciate that. Uh, Joey, you thoughts, anything that makes a lot of sense, <laughs> right? I mean, it was just, a, that's why I wanted to read it. That's a very clear, uh, indication great, of what's happening. Great point. And it is perverse. I like that. He put it in those terms. It's a perver- it's a perverse relationship because if you're really striving for justice, you're not going to get it that way. Obviously, because it's complicated by personal relationships. Ian sent us an email. He says, hey, Chris and Joey, first off, congrats on the engagement. That's awesome. Oh, thanks, buddy. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. He's catching up on, on old episodes. He said he was bringing to our attention making a murderer this uh, show on Netflix. Have you seen it at all, Joey? Have not. Yeah, I haven't. I told him I haven't had a chance to, uh, to watch it at all, but constantly people are talking about it. A lot of the other podcasts are talking about it. Comics just an everyday it, 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 Is it like Game of Thrones big? Well, House of Cards big. I wouldn't say that, but I mean, for what it is, like, I think it's like serial big. Let's say that. Okay. Um, yeah. Anyway, he was suggesting, he says, I think you guys would love it and the Samsonites might be into it. So I'm putting it out there if people don't know about it. But yeah, making a murder. It's basically about this guy that went to jail for X amount of years. I don't really know. Um, framed for it. It's mm-hmm. like a small town, you know, uh, situation. He goes to jail. He's framed for murder or rape or something like that. Turns out, he didn't do it. They let him out. Then he goes back into jail. Uh, also framed, they're claiming. So anyway, but it's like a 10-part documentary. Try to stay yeah. out of jail, bro. Well, if you keep getting framed, you know, small town laws, Joey, small town <laughs> lawlessness. But anyway, so Ian was just throwing that out there, and um, I, I told him, you know, maybe I'll have time to check it out, but busy lately, but hopefully I can I can look into it. So thank you for bringing it to our attention. All right. Uh, let's see what we're going to get into here. Oh, yeah, so I have the Saudi Arabia-Iran uh, and North Korea hydrogen bomb thing that to me that's in the same circle and I'll I don't explain think why. it is but please do explain why well you seem excited about this go ahead well, say what you're going to say you you like are pumped right now what yes. is going on I this is a non fascination that we have is the fact that what's going on is a very religious matter mm-hmm. and the countries themselves don't view it as that when they really should. What do you mean? Like Saudi Arabia and Iran, you're saying? Yes. Because in this case, Saudi Arabia decided to execute 47 terrorists. Yeah. Okay. Right. But. Well, terrorists as they're calling them, right? Yes. Okay. 
Well, okay. No, no, no. no because no, I'm yeah. saying because there is a distinction. Let me read what I was going to write here. Okay, go ahead. Into it. On Saturday, Saudi Arabia executed a single-day record 47 prisoners, some terrorists, some whatever, however mm-hmm. they were accused, including leading Shiite cleric Sheikh Nim al-Nim, who was a key figure in 2011's Arab Spring-inspired protests in Saudi Arabia. Uh caused protests in Iran, the, this, this, these executions. Yes. It was a big deal. And the Saudi embassy was attacked. Saudi Arabia has now severed ties with Iran. Uh, Al-Nim was charged with sedition, disobedience, and bearing arms, uh, which is a big deal because, again, Saudi Arabia is Sunni predominantly. Mm-hmm. Iran is Shia, and this guy, Al-Nim, was a Shiite cleric. So, obviously, there's a lot of religion, like you were alluding yes. to. There's a lot of religious... Um, background there but i guess you were going to go into something else to explain that it might not just be a religious thing uh, say just say what you're gonna say it's okay yeah I, I just don't understand because when you're a country and you just decide to kill people there's going to be backlash do you think because we do it all the time yeah there's not too much backlash here when like texas is just executing people all the time mentally ill people don't even seem to care yeah but in this you have a situation where it's one individual from a religion while another country would support that individual sure well that's i mean yeah absolutely but that's i hear what you're saying but that's the case with the with almost everything in the world like when we look at and i think we've had these conversations before where bill maher prime example bill maher lost his job uh, on ABC when he did politically incorrect after 9-11 because somebody called the terror, the, you know, the people that flew the plane into the towers, they call them cowards. And Bill yes. Maher was like, they're not cowards. Those are, br- they're brave. Whether you agree with what they did or not, it's not a, a cowardly thing to kill yourself in the name of a cause. That's a prime example because a lot of people in the United States would hear that and they get pissed off about it. And they go, how dare you? They're terrorists and they killed a lot of... Yes, they did. You're right. Mm-hmm. That's on our side of the coin. On the other side of the coin, if you're for them and you don't look at them as terrorists, you look at them as freedom fighters or whatever, people fighting for your cause, you're going to be like, wow, great. They achieved an amazing victory. That's the two sides of the coin. And I think that's yes. kind of what you're alluding to, right? Also, that's a good way to make somebody a martyr as well. Oh, certainly, yeah. Because he was always preaching against Saudi Arabia and how they treated the Shiites. Right. So you go and you kill one of the Shiites. Yeah, well, and right. I mean, there's a, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So, yeah, you you might have done a good job if you're Saudi Arabia. And again, I'm I'm taking like moral out of the equation. Mm -hmm. It's just the words I'm using. It might be a good move for Saudi Arabia to kill this guy if he's a rabble rouser, the type of guy that that is inspiring protest against, um, you know, a pretty pretty strong overbearing government, right? If he's inspiring people to rise up against that, that's a problem. Uh, But to your point, right, after they kill him, maybe that's not good because it's going to inspire a lot of other people to rise up and be like, look what they did to Sheikh Al-Nim, you know? Um, Yeah, you know, but that's a weird... But again, it's interesting because we're looking at it from from this side of the coin. We're Mm -hmm. We're not really involved in it, even though I have some quotes here and Saudi Arabia is a United States ally. Yes. Uh we're doing the same thing when we put people in Guantanamo or when we go over there and we drone strike and we kill people, we're creating probably more of a problem than we need to by going out of our way to try to kill these people. Now I'm not saying you don't do it in all circumstances, but you have to weigh 
the pros and cons of doing these things. And yes. They, you know. And it seems that Saudi Arabia went out of the way to make sure that they removed him from the situation. Oh, so, absolutely. I mean, yeah. So, do, so doing the trial, he didn't have access to his lawyers during the in, 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 interrogation. Right. The lawyers were not informed of the actual trial dates. Oh, really? And there was a delay in actually charging him. Yeah. So how do you build a defense? Well, you're not supposed to. I mean, what you're saying is they targeted this guy yes. and they wanted to kill him. Yes, that is what they did. Correct. Um, absolutely. There's no question about that. I'm not saying that that's, that's good and that's not how... Uh, obviously, it's not justice being done, but it's, an, it's, a, it's a targeted killing by a government that doesn't want this guy out there cr- creating a problem. They're also not even returning his body to his family no, they're keeping no. the body well it's not enough i mean we didn't do we did it with bin laden we supposedly threw his body into the water yeah we could have given it back but we didn't so it's interesting to look at it from from outside perspective and then what are we doing that's similar to that as a country before you say anything uh-huh. else i wanted to the reason why i ganged this up with the north korea hydrogen bomb story mm-hmm. is because the hydrogen bomb story got an inane amount of coverage we were over at sirius last night and there's the tvs on yeah. while they were doing race wars and CNN, the entire night, was talking about hydrogen bomb, North Korea, danger, all this stuff. It's not a real. It's not even real that, the, that they're going to be able to do anything with this thing. I have information about it that we'll get into. Okay. But when I saw the headline, the first thing I thought was like, no, they don't. So they don't have a hydrogen. The reason why I put them together is because uh-huh. the Saudi Arabia, Iran thing, this could turn into a real fucking, obviously, it's been a problem for a, a thousand years. But this could, this is, you don't want to see this shit get escalated at all and it doesn't seem like this is going to be talked about nearly as much as the fake story of north korea having a hydrogen bomb that's not going to affect us at all they already have nuclear weapons they just can't reach us right they can't reach us and they probably who knows if they have the real capability of launching these things but but what about like the surrounding area china's always in question sure but that's a china that's china's problem let south korea they're gonna have to deal with everybody's problem it is and it isn't because, again, they're not going to be able to reach us. Yeah, of course, you don't want them detonating bombs and things like that, but they, but they realistically can, and we're going to get into that in a second. I have a couple of quotes here uh-huh. just, just to keep in mind when you're hearing the tough talk from people on the right about uh, you know how ISIS, we need to go destroy them and all this stuff, and they're barbarians for cutting people's heads off. And it's not that they aren't that, but listen to the stuff that they're willing to say about Saudi Arabia, who executed, like you're saying, 47 people. Clearly, they didn't give them a fair trial. They didn't. They didn't allow them the proper resources to even defend mm-hmm. themselves. Like that was going to make much of a difference anyway. These are a couple of quotes: Carly Fiorina and Ben Carson. By the way, Saudi Arabia practices Sharia law, which I know a lot of like. Republicans are up in arms about Carson says a Muslim couldn't be president because their ideology just doesn't fit with the United mm-hmm. States. L- listen to listen to these quotes. Carly Fiorina. I take the Iranian condemnation with a huge grain of salt, referring to her, Iran condemning the execution. Uh, this is a religion, a regime that tortures citizens routinely and thinks nothing of executions that still holds four Americans in jail. Saudi Arabia is our ally, despite the despite the fact that they don't always behave in a way that we condone. Iran is a real and present threat. Okay, so we're just willing to say she talks tough on Putin, whatever. Mm-hmm. No, he's a bag. Okay, but Saudi Arabia, 
they're our allies, so they can they can do what they want. We're not going to complain about it. Listen to Ben Carson, this guy. The Saudis have been one of our strongest allies in the Middle East, and I think it's unfortunate that we put them in the position we that we put them in the position we have by showing the support to Iran that we have with this foolish deal, which I assume he's referring to the nuclear deal. There's no reason for the Saudis to believe that we're really on their side when we do things like that. Of course, we don't condone that type of thing, but I'm just saying we need to stop doing silly things that promote these kinds of activities. <laughs> yes, it's our fault. Correct. Yeah, yeah. We, we, st- we started the Sunni-Shia war. Yeah, of course. The uh, one thing that I, I do want to mention mm-hmm. before we get off this topic yeah, yeah. is about the Hajjah, which is like the religious primogridge that oh, a lot the of hajj. the hajj yeah. yes thank you that a lot of the muslims try to make mm-hmm. if saudi arabia cuts ties with iran anyone who's muslim in iran won't be able to fulfill part of their religious beliefs right now i don't know if that's specific to sunni or shia or is it just completely if you're a muslim that's like where you have to go to kind of do this thing. i'm assuming it's for both right well I, and again, maybe I, yeah, I, I'm going to go with you on that. It probably yeah. is for both, but that God, that's got to be a lot of tension there too then, right? When they're yes. all in the same, uh, same area. Well, yes, of course, but that's what I'm, that's my point. This is a serious thing that could cause a lot, uh, you know, even greater problems that it's already caused throughout, you know, throughout the world. And, uh, you know, Wolf Blitzer just has a panel of nine people talking about why uh, we should be concerned about North Korea. Obviously it's not good, but like moving on to this North Korea thing, then, I got a couple of quote analysts questioned that this was even a, a real thing. And I have a quote here that sums it up. Okay. This guy, Yang Uk or Uk senior research fellow, uh, at the Korea Defense and Security Forum. He goes, given the scale, it is hard to believe that this is a real hydrogen bomb. First sentence. Hard to <laughs> believe this. Okay. Uh, they could have tested some middle stage kind of device between an A-bomb and an H-bomb, but unless they come up with any clear evidence, it is difficult to trust their claim. So this guy who is in uh, Korea, I'm assuming South Korea, right, mm-hmm. deals with this on an everyday basis. He's like, yeah, it's not a, it's not a real bomb. But that's what we're just going to talk about for the entire night on, on, C- on CNN. Yes. It's just so frustrating. I got this quote from, from Ted Cruz, and then I have one from Marco Rubio, these two goofballs, and then we can just move on from that. But I just wanted you to compare and contrast. Like, one is a real thing, and one of them is not a real thing. I, I do have one a uh, one-liner that I came up with. Oh, please. You ready? Yeah. It's fission fusion, baby. Oh, wow. That's, that's tight writing. Yes. Ted Cruz says, when we look at North Korea, it is like looking at a crystal ball. This is where Iran ends up if we continue on the same misguided path. What? What what a leap! It, talking point. It, it's just a it's a kooky thing to 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 say. Uh, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton allowed a megalomania. No, hold on, megalomaniacal maniac to acquire nuclear weapons, and now potentially a hydrogen weapon. Obama and Hillary let them let North Korea get a. Well, how were they going to stop weapon? him? Well, they've had it for decades. Yeah. The, Obama hasn't been president for decades. Hillary Clinton's never been president. Uh, it's worth remembering that we're here because of the Clinton administration. This underscores the gravity of the threats we are facing right now and also the sheer folly of the Obama-Clinton foreign policy. So that's, that's Ted Cruz's comment on mm-hmm. it. And then, uh, hold on, I got to go into the media folder that I have here. This is Marco Rubio. He, he sent this to journalists. I have been warning throughout this campaign that North Korea is run by a lunatic who has been expanding his nuclear arsenal while President Obama has stood idly by. If this test is confirmed, it will just 
It will be just the latest example of the failed Obama-Clinton foreign policy. Our enemies around the world are taking advantage of Obama's weakness. We need new leadership that will stand up to people like Kim Jong-un and ensure our country has the capabilities necessary to keep America... Shut up. Like... First of all, Marco Rubio has not been talking about North Korea throughout the thing. Trump has ke- keeps bringing up North Korea, yes. and then maybe Rubio jumps in. and He's like, "Well, you're right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Like, he that you're not." Well, or maybe the entire thing is is a fabrication, and that actually just happened to be an earthquake, and North Korea took the opportunity and said, "We have a bomb." Look, I mean, that's just as likely as them having an actual H bomb, right? They're they're a they're a screw up country they're they're run by a lunatic despot who just doesn't have the capability that he claims to have he claims they're all we're a mighty nation and we make all the other nations back down it's like no you don't you don't and and there's it's extremely unlikely that they actually have the capability to launch this it's just frustrating we're giving it more time than we even should have but like it's just important it's going to be a great day on this planet when he's no longer with us yeah, there'll be another one. That's the problem. His stupid uncle, his grandfather, his dad. Yeah, be they're all else. Invo- yeah, they're all involved. Kim Jong-il uh, was the one before him, and then Kim Il-sung was the, the grandfather. So it's just a, d- a dynastic thing. We'll see. Well, who knows what's going to happen in North Korea, but that that's a conversation for another day. But North Korea is an absolute nightmare to, to unravel that whole situation because there's a certain percentage of people there that are in legitimate concentration camps just like just like there were in, in nazi germany i mean mm-hmm. brutal worse maybe even in some cases because who's even trying to to make that stop and then you have a certain percentage of the population that truly has no idea what is going on outside of that country yeah. so even to, to undo the psychological damage of generation after generation just being there like It'd be rather difficult it's basically impossible to do it. It would take a hundred years for that to, if you stopped North Korea the way it is today, now, right now, it would take a hundred years. To, probably to take longer. Yeah. It's psychologically damaging. Plus biologically, the lack of nutrition that those people have had, they're, they're significantly shorter than people that are in South Korea, just like right across the border there. It's a very North Korea fascinates me. I love, I love talking and, uh, and reading about stuff yeah. in North Korea, but the, we'll get into that another day. Anyway, uh, how far are we in, Joey? About 25 minutes. This might be a good time in case there was going to be an ad or something. We'll take a little break right now, and then we'll come right back, and we'll talk about the Obama gun control speech. We're going to watch it, and we'll give our thoughts about it. So let's get into the Obama gun control speech. Did you watch the speech when he was giving it, Joey? What have you seen about this thing? All right. On Tuesday, the president laid out his unilateral moves to tighten gun control in the United States. Briefly, roughly, he expanded background checks at gun shows and online, which, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, it makes sense, especially online. Uh, Obviously, right. And a push for new research and safety measures uh, physically on the guns, like different kind of child safety measures and things like that. Some R&D, that makes sense. Absolutely. Well, the big thing is research has been prohibited on the effects of the proliferation of guns in this country that's one of the main things that that the lobbyists the nra work on because if you don't and that's the same stuff with uh, medical marijuana and marijuana yeah. in general if they don't allow you to study this stuff and actually do research on it you can't say whether it's good or bad unless you're just going to say it's, it's good bad. in the case of guns or bad in the case of marijuana right um all right so i have a couple of clips here from the speech the speech was like maybe 25 minutes something okay. like that i have uh two clips the first one is just sort of his 
rationale, Obama's rationale, and response to kind of the standard attack on the right. So this is like maybe a minute and a half that we'll listen to, and then it's like the part that everybody's been talking about where uh, the president tears up and cries during the speech. So this is about, well, it doesn't matter where it is. Let me get into this. So this is just sort of his rationale uh, and how he's going to go against the attacks. I believe in the Second Amendment. It's there written on the paper. It guarantees a right to bear arms. No matter how many times people try to twist my words around, I talk constitutional law. I know a little bit about this. He stumbled on that line a little bit, but he's saying, I talk constitutional law. I know a little bit about this. The the thing that always drives me crazy when I hear him say stuff like that, because mm-hmm. obviously he did. He, he taught constitutional law. He is a lawyer. Like, um, They, people on the right, even Trump even, they question, they go, where's his report card from Harvard? Like, did he really have those grades? No. They, they will even <laughs> go so far to be like, this guy's a fraud. There's no way this guy could have... Uh, you know, but d- done that at home. There's no way he has the education he has. Yeah. Fuck you. Like, that's the most racist shit and the most, like, telling underlying thing that they do that really... Irks you? Yeah, it irks me. And, it sh- and it's got to drive him bananas. I don't know how it wouldn't drive him crazy. Like, fuck you. Really? Oh, what? Yeah. He... You might disagree with him. You might hate everything he does. You might never like a word that comes out of his mouth. You're going to say that this guy, the first black president of the united states which is seemed impossible before he even came along yeah he's probably a dummy like bush and didn't you know like it just frustrates me the tortured logic to look at this guy and think like no he he's not qualified he's probably lying about his grades okay that that's absurd he him being president is so fucking unlikely that's what makes it amazing that's why people got on board with it to begin with like didn't know his father really born to a single mom black and white lived in hawaii uh studied abroad li- you know like rose to prominence but th- on his own accord got, got a great education community organizer all this stuff and they're mm-hmm. gonna be like well yeah he, but really did he get those grades fuck you fuck you because you know that that's bullshit and if this guy was a republican they'd be like he's the american dream only if he was in support of the guns well, I'm saying if it was the other side of the yeah. coin, they would be for him. Uh, all right, well, I digress, but this is Obama here uh, talking about his rationale for this. I, I get it. <laughs> but I also believe that we can find ways to reduce gun violence consistent with the Second Amendment. I mean, think about it. We all believe in the First Amendment, the guarantee of free speech. But we, ex- we accept that you can't yell fire in a theater. We understand. Right now, is that, what do you think about that argument? Like, you but can't. That's the one that they always use. Everybody always uses the well, fire that's, thing. No, but that's not the uh, example they always use. That's the truth about freedom of speech. You have freedom of speech, except you can't cause a riot with your, your you speech. Would. So he's laying, and he gives a couple more examples, and we'll let him talk. But it's just an interesting rationale that I think might be able to catch on and people might appreciate that idea of like, yeah, we have freedom, but there is definitely limit 
to all the freedoms that we have, including freedom of speech and whatever, why not the Second Amendment here when it's just unbridled access to guns, kill whoever you want, regardless? He, all he's doing is making it a little bit more difficult to get a gun. That's it. He's not taking away anybody's guns. He's just making it a little bit more. He's making it a better process. I disagree. I think he's trying to take all of our guns, and I think he hates America. Stand. There are some constraints on our freedom in order to protect innocent people. We cherish our right to privacy, but we accept that you have to go through metal detectors before being allowed to board a plane. It's not because people like doing that, but we understand that that's part of the price of living in a civilized society. All right. So, okay, clear. He's laying out his argument, whether you agree with that or not. But that, to me, is, in a nutshell, his his argument for this. Like, yes. there are limits to even the, the most cherished freedom that we have that we accept all the time. So why, why, why is it this issue that we can't do that? All right. Now, here's the part where everybody gets talking. Uh, he gets emotional when discussing you know, victims at Sandy Hook and stuff like that. As so, he should. You think so? You think he should? Okay. <laughs> well, go ahead, Joe. Give me your thoughts. You seem well, to have some thoughts on this. Well, this is a man who has to tell the nation every time there's a mass shooting that this shouldn't be happening. Uh-huh. And he tries to make the gun laws stricter and Congress won't have any of it. Right. So after a while, wouldn't you get upset? When such things are happening and no one's trying to help you? Yes, totally. Um, I would be a completely different president than this president. I would, also, I, I would never be president, first of all. They would <laughs> never let me be president. But uh, he's no drama, Obama. I would be like, Chris gets pissed, would be my, or whatever it is, <laughs> yeah. something more creative than that. But I, I would be like, a much angrier president, for sure. Because also, you have to keep in mind that he has personally talked to the, uh, the victim's family. Oh, absolutely. No, I, I'm not. I get it. But th- okay, right. Yes, it would be frustrating. He cries. Now, a lot of people go, oh, we had something on his finger. It made him cry. Do you think <laughs> now to your point, you're saying, right? It after, was an onion. That, he had an onion. Yes. After all, like w- what you're saying, after all this frustration, after Congress not being willing to help him on some level, do you think he goes, if I could muster a couple of tears during this thing, I'm not saying that he doesn't care about it's the not kids. Bana. I'm not saying that it's not Bana. Well, well, we'll get to that, but I'm not saying he doesn't care. I'm not saying that it's not genuine that he feels bad for the kids. That's not what I'm saying. But don't you think that a guy that's able to reach this level, great speeches, he gets kind of how the soaring rhetoric works and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. He knows how to hit emotional notes. Do you think it's possible, just possible that maybe he was like, you let me turn it on. You're going to have to cry today. Yeah. Bo. You're going to have to cry. You don't want to cry. Just think of a Sasha Malia getting hurt. Or think about a time you skinned your knee as a kid. Going to have to cry. And he does it. Possible? Yes. Okay. I'm not saying that's even the case. Uh, and I think it's fine that he did. To your point, right, John Boehner, Speaker of the House, that, that dunce cried. He was crying every other constantly. day. Constantly. Another one, bartender father. That's a theme. That's a big Republican Party theme. <laughs> Bar- 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 All right, let's let the president talk here. Uh, about two and a half minutes. Let's try not to stop it too much, but if you really no. want to jump in, that's fine. We're going to have to stop probably when he starts crying and just, just talk about it mm-hmm. a little bit. I don't have a problem either way. I think it's a smart move. People see that and they go, wow, the president's really into it because an intellectual argument is not working. No. Like, 
hey, too many people are getting killed. We should we should do something about that. And he's using logic. And sometimes it doesn't work. No, logic is not, this country does not run on logic. Are also important. Second Amendment rights are important. But there are other rights that we care about as well. And we have to be able to balance them. Because our right to worship freely and safely, that right was denied to Christians in Charleston, South Carolina. And that was denied Jews in Kansas City. And that was denied Muslims in Chapel Hill and Sikhs in Oak Creek. They had rights too. Our right to peaceful assembly. That right was robbed from moviegoers in Aurora and Lafayette. Our unalienable right to life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness, those rights were stripped from college kids in Blacksburg and Santa Barbara and from high schoolers at Columbine and, and from first graders. Uh, see, I don't know, Joey, I gotta say, there's something just a little like, mm, he's got to put it on here. You have to do it for the kids. Yeah, or he is getting him. Emo- I don't know what it's like to have kids, so I don't know how it feels. But it may, you know, maybe it does. Maybe it just hits him. Uh, it, it hits him. In Newtown, he's tearing up. I'm not making fun of well, him. I'm just saying. I'm just literally commenting on what he's doing. If at any point with any of these mass shootings, mm-hmm. that if a bunch of first graders not getting shot doesn't do it for you. Nothing well. It's an abstract. That's the thing. A lot of people don't, if it doesn't personally affect, it's one thing you go, oh man, that is a tragedy. Well, I got to go to Starbucks. I got to go, you know, like, yeah, it happened, but what are you going to do? A lot of people aren't going to feel it personally, but that's what I'm saying. He, he does. And you're right. He goes and sees the families and I'm sure all the people behind him are people that, you know, suffered losses and shootings like this. Um, because all it's a matter of him trying to do is, have a little extra paperwork being done. That doesn't hurt anybody. Look, I totally agree with you. Yeah, let's make that clear. Uh, yeah, of course. Obviously, I uh, I couldn't be more supportive of that. Like, definitely, there should be very stringent background checks. You shouldn't be able to go to a fucking gun show in wherever and go behind the barn and buy a fucking handgun, or worse, without any kind of check. Of course, that should be a hundred percent off the table. No so question about it. I don't that. understand why there was so so much hoopla over this. Because there is a very staunch contingent of people who are a bought and paid for by the gun lobby, and there are people who legitimately so they can't wait twenty four hours to get them. Let me finish what I'm saying. There are legitimately people who look at any type of regulation or thing against what they view as an unalienable right, the right you know the Second Amendment they can have the gun. They look at that as an infringement on them, and we're going to get into people like that in a little bit with the. uh, you know, militia. the Oregon militia. Yeah, there are people that, that don't look at that as something that makes sense. And they also do the slippery slope argument. Well, now we've limited the amount of uh, days. You know, we've, we've increased the amount of days it takes to get a gun. We're limiting the amount of bullets that you can have. We're, you know, and they're like, well, and eventually we're just going to be able to have sticks, you know, and we're not going to be able to have guns anymore. That's the argument mm-hmm. that they envision. How much of that is creation of the gun lobby? probably a good amount of it but i'm also not going to say that there aren't people out there who 
probably have legitimate concerns and, and they're safe gun owners and they're not out there killing people and they think that this is an infringement on their right. That's all. But again, I, I'm with him on this. You, you should ha- put more safety measures into place. Let's have less people get killed in America. Hashtag less this. American dead people at the hands of psychotic gun owners 2016. Hashtag. That's a long hashtag. And from every family who, who never imagined that their loved one would be taken from our lives by a bullet from a gun. All right. Now he's wiping his tears a little bit here. Again, I don't want, I, I don't want it to sound like I'm making fun. I'm really not. I'm just commenting on the video, and I, I don't know what else to do. He's wiping the tears away. Mm-hmm. Every time I think about those kids, it gets me mad. Here's part of that line that he just said there. Every time mm-hmm. I think of those kids, it gets me mad. That's a weird way to say that, so I think that's why it's legitimate. You know what I mean? Like you, He's a very... Uh, thoughtful well you know articulate guy it gets me mad is like a weird way to say that he would have like, it makes me mad to hear you know like i don't know that seems genuine whatever joey fuck you you're not even helping <laughs> and by the way it happens on the streets of chicago every day nice ad totally love it and that's what i'm saying that's an ad he knows he's gonna yeah. say that but he's right that's 100 percent the, the right thing so, to say yeah All of us need to demand a Congress brave enough to stand up to the gun lobby's lies. All of us need to stand up and protect its citizens. All of us need to demand governors and legislators and businesses do their part to make our communities safer. All right, there you go. I mean, that's the relevant part, obviously. Uh, It's a longer speech. If you guys want to check it out, you go do that. Um, Final thoughts on that, Joey? Finally. Finally, do you think that it's going to be effective in some way? Because I've read, you know, kind of contrary things saying, yeah, he really he this is this is a show that he's putting on, hopefully to try to put pressure on Congress, because he really can't do a ton. That's why not a ton is being done. You know, if he could act on his own and do all these executive orders, he would. But it's not going to make a hell of a difference. But at least it's something, you know, it's a start. Right. And, you know, obviously he probably feels like he has to do something at a certain point. Like you're saying, he's meeting with a lot of these families. It's a, he's tired of doing it. So <laughs> at a certain point he wakes up in the morning. He's like, all right, what the fuck are we going to do about guns? We have to do something. I can't just sit around while these, you know, D's in Congress just sit with their thumbs up their ass. Meanwhile, let me tell you this. This is how mm-hmm. we're going to put a little bow on this whole thing. So the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms, the agency tasked with carrying out a lot of these uh, reforms has 624 inspectors mm-hmm. to 140, 100, uh, 140,000 federally licensed firearms dealers. So um, they're going to be, <laughs> it makes, makes sense if you do the math. It makes <laughs> absolutely no sense, right? And plus, now listen to this. This is even better. Obama called for 200 new um, inspectors. Mm-hmm. 200 plus current ones are retiring this year. And then, like right, another, like, the and then like another 20% are retiring in 2018. So uh, it's just such an uphill battle. Government it, spending, it's bro. It's so fucking it's government spending. It's just, it's just such an uphill battle, and, and it, it feels impossible. But whatever. Okay, I'm not trying to like shit on his, uh, his, his speech here. I think he did a good job, but it's just, it's crazy. Like, 
the 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 agency that we're supposed to that's supposed to be working on this is understaffed, underfunded. Meanwhile, we have billions and billions and billions of dollars going uh you know every, everywhere else, military, overseas aid, all this stuff. Well, because the way the budget's written, if something doesn't happen the way you like it, they take the funding away. And thus, if you don't have funding, you can't have an agency performance task. Right. Well, and that is that. Again, so they win again. Yes. That again is very much a, uh, a Republican idea to like, we, we just defund this. We just thing. don't fund it. Yeah. And so it won't exist anymore. All right. Oregon militia. You ready for this? Yes. A militia group headed by uh, Amon Bundy, Aim, Amon Bundy, the son of infamous rancher Cliven Bundy, um, who had some interesting thoughts about black people being better off as slaves back in the day. This was back in like the 2012 campaign, I guess. Uh, Anyway, Amon Bundy seized a federal building in Burns, Oregon on the Mahler National Wildlife Refuge. It's a whole story here. Uh, I have a quote. I don't even know what I have, why I wrote it down. Oh yeah. So part of the reason why they did this is in defense of these two, uh, the Hammonds. I forget what their first Dwight and are. Stephen. Dwight and Stephen Hammond. Thank you very much. I have a quote here from a Guardian article that we're just going to read. It's like a little mm-hmm. explainer, and then we can... Because uh, I, I also have a clip of that Amon Bundy, Amon Bundy on Megyn Kelly. Oh, your favorite. Megyn Kelly. Yeah, Megyn Kelly's not not my favorite. Like, I know what you're saying, but she's she doesn't bother me that much. Okay. She's okay. Uh, this is the thing. Many local people also turned out to support the Hammond father and son, respectively, 73 and 46, popular figures in Harney County. The pair lit several fires from the late 1990s onwards to promote the growth of grass for their cattle. But in 99, 2001, and 2006, the fire spread onto neighboring public land in the Mahler Wildlife Refuge. So essentially the whole argument is that the Hammonds had a right to do what they were doing because it was their property. Mm-hmm. And then it's also public property. So for the government to come in then, federal government to come in and put them in jail because of these fires, in their view, is illegal. They went to jail. They got out. Now the government's saying they need to go back in because it was too short. Yeah, it was too short a sentence. So that's essentially at the crux of the thing. Eamon Bundy is involved uh, for a variety of reasons. And we can, we're going to play that clip to like give his, his thoughts a little more about it. How do you feel about this generally, Joey? Should they be al- allowed or whatever the word is to protest in this manner? They should not be able to protest with the weapons at all. Well, why not? Here's the thing. If these are legal weapons uh-huh. and we have the right to protest, why aren't they allowed to do that on a public property? Because I think it could escalate rather quickly. Absolutely. It could. Absolutely. But why can't it? escalate quickly that's illegal then if it escalates quickly well in this case it didn't escalate because there was no there was no officers or federal law people around at the time right they're not even there paying attention to them really the the thing that's and they did that on purpose too sure well of course i mean it's like this remote part of oregon they're like well we can probably just go up in that tower thursday and nobody's gonna be there (laughs) so um the thing that's interesting about it and i think maybe gets lost in the shuffle um they should be allowed to protest, definitely, because yes. at, at its heart, that's what they're doing. I defend their right to protest, even though, I don't know, I don't really know the ins and outs specifically of the case, so I'd have to like really look into it more to say whether the government's right or they're right, mm-hmm. but, I, but I think you should be able to stand up for your right that you perceive it and protest. If these people, the militia people, were black or Muslim 
100% they would not. Oh, this would have ended a different way. This would have ended in bloodshed. They would have never even gotten near the, the rev. It just would not have happened that way. How many helicopters do you think would have been caught? Hundreds. That we would have been borrowing <laughs> helicopters from other countries to, to take care of this. Um, you know what I mean? But but instead of saying they shouldn't be allowed to because we wouldn't have allowed Black Lives Matter to do it. Mm-hmm. No, that's the wrong attitude. We should be saying everybody should be able to protest it f- freely. You yes. know what I mean? We, sh- we shouldn't. Uh, go after them. Uh, now, of course, the gun thing does add an element of danger to it. It's a th- it's a tacit threat to me if you're you're there armed. You know? Well, not only that, but um, there was an Oregon reporter there who tweeted what uh, what Ryan uh, Bundy said, the brother of Amon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the militiamen are quote willing to kill and be killed if necessary. Right. So when you have a group of protesters that have access to Facebook, Twitter, and are putting out such crazy ideas, uh, dangerous, it, dangerous violent ideas, rhetoric, sure, it could quickly escalate. Uh, absolutely, that comes up in the interview of Megyn Kelly. I was going to say something about it, but we'll let him yeah. explain it. Um, all right, why don't we just listen to this interview, and then if we want to stop it, that's fine. But this is just a quick interview with uh, Eamon Bundy on the Megyn Kelly program, which is worthwhile because obviously Megyn Kelly's audience would likely be more supportive of them than you know Chris Hayes's audience. Yes. But meanwhile, I think it's probably maybe surprising to some people that listen to the show a lot that I would, I'm kind of like reserving judgment on it. I, again, I, protest. You should be allowed to protest. So no harm. Yeah, as long as they're not going to kill anybody. Although, again, it seems unclear whether this is going to end like with violence, which I, I don't condone. But, um, yeah, fuck, fuck it. You know, like if you want to do it and you want to, pro- even what's her face, Kim Davis. I don't like Kim Davis. I don't agree with what she's doing. But f- fuck, if you want to step step up and go do your thing, do it. Go for it. You're going to reap the consequences of that. No question about it. But yeah, you should. You have the right to do it. Let's hear what this guy has to say on Megyn Kelly's uh, program. One of the leaders of this standoff. The group is now calling itself Citizens for Constitutional Freedom. I mean, thank you very much for being here tonight. So how is what you are doing not lawlessness? Well, um, I think that we have to go to the supreme law of the land to answer that question. And that is uh, that the federal government does not have authority to come down into the states and to control its land and resources. That is for the people to do. And that is clearly stated in Article 1817 of the Constitution. Now, I want to say this. Does this guy seem like a lunatic? That's the thing. Like When you hear it at face value, you go, what? These like armed militia people? This guy doesn't seem to me... He seems genuinely... Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even know what the word is. But he seems like ge- very genuine in what he's talking about. I don't think he's doing it just to be a prick about it. You know he's I mean? not causing a ruckus. He, well, he could be potentially, but I'm just saying, I think he genuinely feels like this is the right thing to do. I don't think he's just doing this to be a ball breaker. And on top of that, he doesn't seem like somebody that's out of his mind. He seems like somebody that's well within his, you know, he understands what's happening yes. here. Right. And he's not like out of, out of control. But you know, the, the argument on the other side, which is these ranchers whom you support, but you're not directly involved, had their day in court and they were found guilty and it went all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court, which denied their appeal. Isn't that the way it's supposed to work in our country when it comes to the rule of law? Yeah, well, let me ask you, and you I'm sure you know the answer, but who was the plaintiff? <laughs> this is a weird part. Keep going. 
<laughs> no, I'm asking who who was the plaintiff against the Hammonds? I'm, I'm waiting for you to make your point. Generally, I don't answer the questions on. on show i asked him oh oh shit oh, she did oh, one of those. snap megan kelly <laughs> she did one of those quite the attitude uh, that's what trump uh, didn't like yep well the i mean it, it wasn't ready for that. to be answered but no. the plaintiff is the federal government and yet i knew the answer Amy. they're also the, the, yeah. the prosecutors are the federal government and those who want their land is the federal government and those agencies that have been oppressing the people here are the federal government. There is no proper redress because our, our, the design of this structure of this, this government is not intended for the federal government to come down against individuals in a state on these matters. And What's interesting is the argument that he's making there essentially is that there's no way that I'd be able to actually plead my case in a, in a realistic way because the people that I'm going up against are the people that I'm like the people that are prosecuting against me are the same people that put the laws in place and that are mm-hmm. preventing me from doing it. So you're, you're pretty much just going to the King at that point and being like, you know what? I don't really like the King. And he's like, okay, I hear you. But <laughs> as the King, go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? Yes. That's sort of the argument he's making. So that's also kind of the argument you're making about uh Sheik al Nim, Nim al Nim, where he, yeah. what's he going to do? It's already, the deck is stacked against him. I hear that argument. And I think that's true. Um, because we saw it, this is a different example, but in the Pat Tillman documentary, uh, it took his family years to, to get any kind of hearing or whatever at the government. And then they're just like, well, yeah, there was, we can't find any problem there. And it took the mother years to do the research to get it there. And I'm sure that happens over and over and over again. So I get that argument. I get that argument where it's extremely difficult and in some cases impossible to, stand up to this powerful machine that is built against you know the, the little guy for lack of a better word this guy out there that's you know a farmer yeah the system's not built for him so i get that and again i'm very inclined without knowing the full scope of the story i'm being honest with you i don't know the the entire you know the little yes. ins and outs of it but i'm always inclined to stand on the side of the people that is my general inclination whether they're white black whatever the cops against them the federal government against them that is my general inclination the Let's, people the people absolutely it is we the people joey and that is what this is all about what your brother uh ryan apparently told the oregonian uh i uh, ian it's colgren of the oregonian that that you are willing to kill and be killed if necessary here do you agree with that um that statement was taken way way out of context uh, i've already talked to my brother about that and uh so um uh, no i wouldn't agree with it because it wasn't his statement so you disavow that you 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 will not let this come to violence well i have <laughs> when somebody asks you <laughs> you will not let this come to violence the first word out of your mouth should not be well no no because <laughs> that's sort of that's usually followed with, no i probably would yeah. right <laughs> i think the correct response is correct yeah, yeah, no, I won't let this come to my, so, okay, let, let, let him, let him finish. But again, that's what makes this a little dicey because clearly they're calling on their brothers to come with their, you know, arms and all mm-hmm. this stuff. So I, th- to me, these guys, yeah, probably would go out in a hail of bullets if they, if they really had to. They don't want to. And he's about to say that, but come on. They have families. 
They're not going to go out and they have families, but they also have thousands of guns and bullets and all that shit. And you only have that for a couple of reasons. The family. Um, I have six children, a beautiful wife. I have a wonderful home. I have a business, uh, several employees. Um, I'm not here to die. I'm here to defend my freedoms and my liberties. And will I? Yes. But Say, um, it's not going to come to that. Uh, there's good things that are going to come from this. And things are going to get straightened out. And um, that's what we're here. And we're confident that that is going to happen. And, uh, and it will be a benefit for uh, many, many people across this nation. And I can uh, pass a lot. I've enjoyed in this life onto my children. Well, Mr. Bundry, thank you for being with us tonight with your perspective. Thank you. Um, all right. So definitely Samsonites. I'd like to hear what you think about this whole story, because again, maybe there's something I'm missing on it or you have a different perspective. I think I was clear in saying that obviously if it wasn't like this white militia group, mm-hmm. that this would not be happening this way. Certainly yes. not. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's not how it should be happening. It just means that everybody else should be afforded the same right to yes. do this you know what i mean or the same protection of at least uh, being able to protest i wonder what would have happened if it wasn't a holiday weekend if they decided hey let's it's monday let's go do this yeah th- i mean dude we're talking about i mean they're out in the middle of no i mean it's a remote part of oregon like they're they're out there i don't think anybody's keeping an eye on the fucking wildlife reserve that that well it's just an abandoned uh you know federal building they saw an opportunity because they're they up there it. and they took it so you know who who knows different day of the week maybe but you know it, it happened the way it happened so all right that's that obviously more coming from that story and we'll uh, we'll keep our eye on it i called this murder roundup like i talked about mm-hmm. and i don't mean that in any way other than it is a roundup of unfortunate situations where black people got murdered and we have some updates about that laquan mcdonald this is what i talked about last week that we had it didn't we did a long episode as it was we can fit it into this week audio was released in that case now mm-hmm. You remember what the case was. The kid was walking out. 17-year-old has a knife, supposedly breaking into cars, taking stereos and mm-hmm. stuff like that. He ends up on a... On a street. A, a big intersection, but it's all cops. We watched the video. And he gets shot by one of the cops, Jason Van Dyke, who incidentally pled not guilty to murdering Laquan McDonald. He faces six first-degree murder charges and one uh, count of official misconduct. Pled not guilty to, to those. He showed up on the scene and within like, I don't even remember the number, but 10, let's say 30 seconds, Max uh, showed up and and, and shot. put 17 bullets into this kid and killed him. Uh, audio was released because the video had no audio. The audio came out and what's interesting, in defense of the other officers, because we talked about training and yes. proper protocol and maybe using less lethal force and looking for shelter, they, the dispatcher was asking for cops with a taser to come and this is the, this is just three lines hmm. from the audio that was released hours of audio the officer says this guy's walking away with a knife in his hand the dispatcher says anybody have a taser to help out looking for a taser armed offender later the dispatcher anybody close yet asking for a taser for armed offender with a knife a minute later van dyke shows up and kills him. him so they are in fairness looking for less lethal force in this case i'm not saying it maybe it could have easily gone down exactly the same way mm-hmm. why isn't there that's the question why wasn't there somebody 
There, there's a ton of cops there. How come none of them have a taser? Why is there only a handful of tasers? Budget. Yeah, budget, whatever. But that should be, but that should be a priority. Then. Yes. Then if that is the case, then that needs to be something that's prioritized. Non-lethal force should should be a tool. Absolutely. Of course, and it also strengthens the police argument because if you cannot kill Laquan McDonald and you stun him and you're able to subdue him. Then you bring him in for questioning or whatever. You can actually get maybe to the bottom of what's going on or better yet, understand this kid's circumstance and maybe have wait once he is in, in police custody, whatever down the line, maybe be able to provide him different resources of like, you know what? There's a community outreach program or whatever. Get yeah. this kid in some kind of job training or whatever. That's, that's beautiful. If we could do something like that, but no, he's dead. This cop's on, on you know, going on trial. And what are we left with? Nothing. You're just left with a lot of questions. A lot of well, questions that are never going to be answered. And the big question is: Is the kid alive? No, no, he's dead. So that's the end of the story. So I just wanted to put that out there. It's a little bit of an update, and I think it's important to prioritize the idea of having non-lethal force readily available to police. All of all, absolutely right. And may, hopefully, maybe in the future only non-lethal force mm-hmm. right if we can get rid of the amount of guns in this country that's enough that's how this stuff is tied together too if the amount of guns that were out there uh didn't decrease significantly yeah. yeah then the cops aren't going to feel like they're going to be murdered every three seconds all right brian insignia the cop who arrested sandra bland and who claimed in his affidavit that he that she was quote combative and uncooperative was charged with perjury on wednesday and he was fired from the police department what I find fascinating about this is that obviously he was lying. There's video. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand why it took this long to go, oh, he was lying. She wasn't combative. Um, there's a fucking video that you can clearly watch and you go, oh, she's not being combative until well after he pulls her out of the car and says he's going to arrest her. It took And the, uh, combative, uncooperative. That's the the official words. I don't think she was really either. She was uncooperative. It took him a little while to overlook the police report. You know, it just it, sometimes it, it takes time. It's fucking frustrating. And then the article also that I was reading says, uh, you know, it's a misdemeanor, this perjury charge. Max one year in jail and a $4,000 fine, which is a fucking slap on the wrist. It's nothing to murder someone. You know, I mean, he didn't murder her, but he caused the chain of events that led to her dying. It's That's a fucking slap on the wrist. So what would be a better punishment and i don't know i don't know i don't know but to me a misdemeanor he's not gonna get a year in jail he's not gonna get any jail time it's four thousand dollars so you can act like a complete prick i used prick twice in this episode and i don't think in 61 other episodes i ever used the word prick interesting Hmm. what do you think that's about nothing time will never we'll never know uh time will tell i don't know what i'm saying there point is this guy gets to act egregiously Mm mm-hmm he doesn't know that she's going to end up dying in jail. She does, but would a $4,000 fine that he's probably not even gonna have to pay some, you know what I mean? Like that's going to no, get paid for. I'm pretty sure he's going to pay it. Okay. Yeah. Kickstart like that fucking idiot. Go fund me. Yeah. They'll, they'll get a go fund me going to pay for Brian and Sydney's, uh, you know, fine. I don't know. I don't know what the punishment should be, but cl- fire he should have been fired right what why why he just got fired now that they proved that he was lying he should have lost his job for that that's that's obviously misconduct that's not the way you handle yourself we're not going to relitigate the whole thing mm-hmm. but like being fired would be a uh, uh, an appropriate thing there yes it, it it took a little time for them to get to the conclusion they got to the conclusion and it's you know he would no longer be an issue 
Yeah, we'll say. Yeah, because until he gets hired somewhere else. Michael Slager, this is just a quick wrap up. Michael Slager, the cop charged with murdering Walter Scott, shot him eight times in the back as he was running away, uh, is currently out on bail. They just let him out on jail. Let him out of jail. I mean, he had to post like $500,000 bond or something like that, and he can't leave the state. But like, why, why is he out? I don't understand. I have a couple of quotes here. Scarlett Wilson, the prosecutor, says, we believe the defendant remains, as the court found, a danger to the community and a flight risk. Walter Scott, Walter Scott's dad, uh, says, if we let him out, uh, if we let him out, he's going to go home to see his wife and children. All I can look at is a pot of flowers, uh, referring to his son's grave, which is constantly decorated with mm-hmm. flowers well, why is this guy out of jail wait till he goes on trial if he's found innocent or whatever then fine he's out because he's not going to go on to trial until the other issue is taken care of what other issue she is the prosecutor scarlett for, wilson yeah. yes for the dylan roof incident yeah yeah i know that but that's but my point absolutely but my point is what what, what is this guy getting out the circumstances haven't changed at all why, why should he just be let out it's so weird he murdered just, someone justice will be served yeah and if he had and at that point of the trial and afterwards then the legal system will take, take its action and we'll see what happens with that all right what what would you want him just to be in jail until they go into the trial yeah <laughs> he he killed somebody uh, yes you're probably a danger i feel like you're a danger and and if he's acquitted that time would be time served well, if you're found in it, you know, not guilty, then yeah, you're so out. So okay, so if he's found yeah, guilty, the time's up, or whatever. Yeah. Okay. That that's just, I don't know. Just whatever. I want to put that out there, but that seems odd. I doubt that would be happening. If it was the other way around, if Walter Scott killed a cop, mm-hmm. you think he'd be out of jail on no. bail? Okay. Uh, 2016 update, and then we're gonna get to your fuck up of the week, which you're excited about. We'll wrap up the show with that. Cool. Yes. Bernie Sanders unveiled a plan to, quote, end Wall Street greed. I have a couple of details here. By the way, 24 days until the Iowa caucuses. I got some poll numbers that we'll get into uh, in a a couple of minutes. I really hope that we get a different outcome than what the poll numbers suggest. Well, we'll get to the poll numbers in a minute. Okay. This is Bernie Sanders' Wall Street plan. These are the bullet points of the thing. If you want to read it, you can go. They're readily available everywhere. They're on his website. You can read articles about it. He plans on ending too big to fail. The big banks, he's going to break them up. Ending too big to jail, referring to CEOs and high ups at these banks, should be able to go to jail for their wrongdoing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more because that's going to be the quickest thing to stop that shit. Finding the bank is not stopping any of the the, no. the high level guys. What's the worst because, that happens? Because I have the money for that. Yeah, anyway. they get fired or whatever, and they they leave with a billion dollars. So who gives a shit? Wall Street speculation tax, which we got into, which he claims would help pay for his uh, college plan. Mm-hmm. Create credit rating agencies reform. That's obviously a little nonspecific, but I'm sure you could get you know into that a little more. Create a cap on credit card interest rates and ATM fees. Love it. I think that's great. That's usury. Absolutely. Uh, allow post office to provide basic banking services. Now, why this is important is because in low-income neighborhoods, mm-hmm. oftentimes you're not going to be able to get to a bank. There, there literally just aren't good banks in bad neighborhoods, so people have to go to like credit unions and different like payday lenders, and they're paying mm-hmm. exorbitant interest rates and different fees and stuff like that. So if the post offices, which are available, were able to cash a check or whatever, you could deposit money and it things like that. Make it easier for some of the people. Forget make it, it definitely make it easier. But beyond that, it wouldn't, they wouldn't have to get, um, lose money to get access to their own cash oh. to cash a check or something like that. They're paying, you know, they're paying fees. Yeah. 
Uh, great. And then uh, Federal Reserve reforms. Those are just some of the bullet points of Bernie Sanders' plan that he unveiled. I also said a couple of quick things about Donald Trump. Donald Trump was featured in an Al-Shabaab recruitment video. The Somalian um, terrorist group featured Donald Trump in their video. So, wow. Well, you knew that was going to happen. Wonderful. Yeah, it's absurd. And he also is trying to apply that Ted Cruz isn't American because he was born in Canada. But that it's nonsense because the law, you know, if you're born to an American citizen, even if you're not on American soil, you are an American. Mm-hmm. That, that's how it works. Um it's just funny because he did it with with Obama saying, well, I have the birth certificate, all that bullshit that he's from Kenya. But I guess it wasn't racist, although Cruz is Cuban, so maybe it is. I don't yeah. know. Trump's just going to do what Trump wants. I hope, uh, well, in 24 days, we'll see. What, yeah. We'll see what happens. Ready for these poll numbers? Yes. Uh, I wasn't ready. I said, are you ready? And then I wasn't. Okay. Nationally, Ted Cruz trails donald trump by about 15 points trump is at 35 percent cruz 20 rubio 11 carson at 9.7 and overweight governor of new jersey chris christie is at 4.7 percent he's, he's in marching. the top five he's, he's marching he's trudging i would say <laughs> that gentleman hasn't marched since uh third grade but he's you know he's he's kind of uh, he's oh. kind of lumbering along yeah why oh, was it the fat checks uh, you know what they're too easy i can't help yeah. it I, I don't really like the guy uh God bless him. I hope he gets healthy. It seems like he's losing weight. Cruz in Iowa is at 31%. Donald Trump at 27.4. That's interesting. Interesting. Maybe not telling. We'll find out, but interesting. Rubio, again, about 11%. He's at 11.6 in Iowa. Then Carson at 9.2. And then Bush at 4.8%. So Bush Hmm. is in fifth place in Iowa. In New Hampshire, Donald Trump on the rise. He's at 27% in New Hampshire, followed by Rubio at 13.8%, Cruz at 11.5%, Christie at 11.3%, and John Kasich at 10 which is interesting. Which state is that? New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Second one that was So again, a lot of this will shake out depending on what goes on in Iowa, but those are interesting numbers. And again, it kind of shows that nobody really knows what they want to do going into these primaries. Nationally, on the opposite side of the aisle, Hillary Clinton, 53.3% to Sanders, 32%. Martin O'Malley at 35 Yeah, just get out. Uh, in Iowa, Clinton is almost at 50%. Sanders at 37 O'Malley at 6 If that holds, I think she wins the whole thing easily mm-hmm. if she crushes him in Iowa. Interestingly, if he can come close, do damage, or win, in New Hampshire, Bernie Sanders is actually up by a... You know, a little ticks within the margin of error. But he's at 47.8. She's at 45.3. And uh, Martin O'Malley's at 2.3. Interesting. We'll we'll see what happens there. We're going to have a rally at Hampshire. Well, if O'Malley got out, it'd be interesting to see where those numbers go. Because say O'Malley dropped out. Let's say Mm -hmm. he's out. Say all the support that was going to O'Malley goes to Sanders, which I think is completely unrealistic. A lot of it will probably go to Clinton. But let's just say you take O'Malley out of the equation in Iowa, that puts Bernie Sanders then at 43. So that's 50 to 43. That's close. Yeah, it's close Really close. And then even in uh, New Hampshire, that would put Bernie up around 50 to 45 to Clinton. So it's it's an interesting thing. Yeah. General election matchups. This is always interesting stuff. And this is realclearpolitics.com. I'm just taking a snapshot. I'll yeah. be getting a lot of stuff from 538 as they start getting more numbers, but this is just a little snapshot. Clinton in a general election matchup over Carson is up by a half point. Clinton versus Bush. Clinton's up by point, 1.3% in a national okay. election. Clinton versus Christie. She's up by 0.7%. So that's a pretty close huh. against Christie. 
who knows what it means these are just poll numbers that yeah. we're throwing out that's it that's my whole spiel joey uh why don't you get to the fuck up of the week and we'll wrap this thing up this week's fuck up comes from the great state of florida oh sure james jimmy dealman let's sell it to china first punished his son for not going to bed by the nose to the wall punishment so, okay so basically look at the wall which is w- fucked up i yes. guess to a certain extent but all right not terrible however when that did not work the girlfriend of the boy's father ashley cole suggested to elevate the punishment to squashing 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 yes yeah, squashing what is that and that's exactly what they did okay the boys i don't even want to know what squash shelby do you have any guess what what kind of punishment squashing is any thoughts something with your balls i'm guessing okay (laughs) okay all right shelby's going balls Balls. i'm going with they they take a squash and they put it up your bum no way all right so probably not good so the boy's father james rick dealman who is 270 pounds and is 31 years old it's a big boy Sat on the back of the sixteen uh, uh, of the six year old facing down on the couch. Oh well, that's okay. T- time out. So again, Florida. If this happened anywhere else on Earth, they'd be like, "Well, you're going to suffocate the kid and kill him." Yes. Not in Florida. They're like, "Great, great call, Jimmy Dean or whatever." Good. <laughs> so that's two hundred seventy pounds on the back. While Cole, who weighs two hundred and ten pounds, sat on him. <laughs> sat on the uh, pinned the boy's legs. Oh, what fucking... Th- that shit just sickens me. It's like, how stupid? First of all, why? Because he won't go to bed? Here's the response to that. Yes. Instead of crushing... They kill the kid, correct? Is yes. that where this goes? Yes. Instead of killing the kid because he didn't want to go to sleep, you know what you do? You go, all right, come sit on the couch for a little bit. We'll watch, we'll watch the news. And then you go to bed. What difference does it make if the kid's tired mm-hmm. tomorrow? So what? Then he'll go, oh, I'll go to bed early tonight. So would you want to hear the statement from the shower's office? Yes. His son screamed that he couldn't breathe and begged to use the bathroom, eventually urinating on the couch and becoming unconscious. Sure. Okay. After the squashing, the couple went to the garage to have a cigarette and 10 minutes later returned to the boy and saw he was not breathing and his lips were blue. Wow. What? Senseless. Dioman caused 911 while Cole went back to the garage to pray. Yeah. Well, yeah, you better pray. Let me tell you something. This is the state. This is the state that mm-hmm. determined the outcome of the fateful election that made George W. Bush the president. Back in 2000. Which changed the world. I mean, changed the world. Mm-hmm. The, these are the voters. Yes. Dealman is charged with aggravated manslaughter of a child, and she is charged with principal to aggravated manslaughter right. what, of a child. We got maximum sentences here or anything? Uh, I do not have that at the moment. Well, for it should be that. life, right? I believe it is. I doubt it. I bet it's not life, but it certainly should be. We don't need these two around. We just don't need them. God knows what other kind of dumb, abusive shit they did to this kid beforehand. The child's brother who watched the crime. How old was that kid? Uh, It's not funny. You're like laughing. This is sad. (laughs) One was six, one was seven. Jesus Christ. Irish twins. Who, Who watched the crime told police when daddy squashed him, he got dead. When daddy squashed him, he got dead. Yes. It's a disturbing sentence. It's also totally incorrect grammatically. Yeah, I mean, sad. That's a good, it's a terrible good fuck up of the week, Joey. I mean. Well, thank you. Yeah. Oh, yes. Thank you for bringing it to everyone's attention. All right. Sour note at the end of the podcast. No, you did a good job with that. Um, Really sad. Those people should 
their animals, put them in a cage. We're done with them. And uh, hopefully the seven-year-old can, can, you know, get a, get a happy um, foster family. But that's a whole nother snake pit that you go into orphanages and all that stuff. All right. Anyway. Okay. Terrible. We should have done that at the top of the show, Joey, instead of the end. You chose it for the end. Yeah. I didn't know it involved a, a dumb murder. Uh, SoundCloud.com slash mandatory Samson, YouTube.com slash mandatory Samson. Uh, leave a comment on the SoundCloud, leave a comment on the YouTube. You can watch the full episode video, which we are recording right now. We stream live every Thursday at 4 PM. You can also email us mandatory Samson at gmail.com. As you guys see, I typically read the emails on the on the uh, program if they're good or whatever, if they're relevant to the conversation, not if they're not good. Um, yeah, feel free to email. Twitter.com slash mansamp. That's me. Twitter.com slash Joey from Jersey. J-E-R-Z-E-Y is how you reach that guy. Snapchat, Joey, we're going to talk about maybe doing a little Snapchat pregame. Okay. Next week. Make big country happy. We'll figure it out. Uh Shelby, thank you so much for producing the show, bro. We, uh, bro, how weird. Brother, I don't know. We appreciate it. Uh, Samsonites, we love you guys. Thank you very much. Nobodies, we love you too. Oh, thank uh, you. And we're going to talk to you next week. Bye.